0: It's time to find out the stories behind the stories. Welcome to Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective. Get ready for some amazing guests, along with Nick's own expertise and insight behind some of today's top news in sports the where, why, and how. Now, here's your host, Nick Ferguson.
1: Is Nick Ferguson's secondary perspective and anticipation has been building for some time? My friend Mario, you can follow him at Mile High Mario. The biggest fight, everyone's been waiting for this fight for the so Avengers long versus Ultron to take place. And Mario, you have hit the nail right on the head. It's not Pacquiao based versus Floyd Mayweather, which will take place. This Saturday in Las Vegas, I will watch that, but it was going to kick off starting tonight midnight showing, which I will not go because I have kids. But on Friday, I will be there. Mario, are you as excited about this most anticipated fight as I am?
2: I have been waiting for this since the end of the first Avengers movie, Nick, which was, what, a couple years ago? So, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I mean, you know how it is. Obviously, the the movie companies, they got to take their time. They got to record the movies. You know, Joss Whedon's got to do his thing. But as soon as the first Avengers was over, I was like, all right, now I need to see the follow-up, like, right now. So this is culminated in two years, two-plus years of waiting. So I, I don't know if I could be more ready, Nick. I'm like a kid in a candy store right now.
1: Well, well I, I see we have uh, the the, uh, the lines are try- starting to heat up. We talk we talk sports and so many things on this program, but now we're talking about comic books and you know calls are coming in. Uh, I believe we have Vincent on the line. Vincent, are you there? Here, Nick. Hey, you know, okay. So so thanks for calling into the program. So we're, we're talking about comic book uh, uh, movies, of, of course, obviously, unless you've been. Living on, under a rock somewhere, everyone knows that the Avengers are coming out. And like I said, it's not about Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather. Right now, it's about Tony Stark's The Avengers versus Ultron. Now, when you look at this battle, a, a, as a I guess as a spectator of, of movies, what are you looking forward to seeing in this movie?
3: I'm looking forward to seeing in this movie some uh, great fighting scenes, um, the use of the technology that ultron was uh inputted with by tony stark and uh reference to his armor being the armor that was supposed to protect the earth at one point so i'm looking to see that and see what kind of if there's something new or if it's just a a hyper extension of tony stark's armor itself
1: well I, i tell you what you know uh mario and i had a conversation last night and his fiance uh, got involved in it, and and I have to tell you, I love her even more now for her response to this particular question. <laughs> so I toss that to you. Now, Mario and I was having a debate as far as Iron Man and Batman. First of all, of those two <laughs> characters, like who would win? Because I I'm not a fan of Tony Stark's. I think he's very arrogant, and, and Bruce Wayne is total kind of a passive guy, but can't be aggressive when he needs to be but I think he still is able to get it, get it done for you. Who who wins in this fight? Iron Man or Batman? So for me, I
3: think Batman would definitely win due to uh his training level, his skill in the, in the training. Um Batman would totally win. Iron Man's a techie guy. Um high input. He, he doesn't really have any combative skills hand to hand, so he's really relying on armor and his technology within his armor when actually Batman has the skills himself and, and, and he's non-powered so he doesn't have any power but he has the brain and he works with the technology so I think Bruce Wayne and Batman would definitely uh, beat the Iron Man
2: if, if, if I may interject, gentlemen, and this is always, <laughs> sure. look, I get it. Okay, look, if, if, I'm just going to interject here really quick because I understand. Like, I, I love Batman, so let me just put that out and just get that out of the way that I'm not going to be hating on him. But what is Batman's one rule, the one that the Joker was trying to get him to break and he never did? Does that not he's, kill. He, exactly. So if it's a fight to the death, you cannot tell me that Batman is beating Iron Man because Batman is not willing to kill anybody, you think Iron point. Man gives a crap. Valid point. No, Iron Man would put him in the ground. Okay, if they were both fighting without their suits, you know, just mono and mono. Yeah, Batman is whooping, or uh, I should say, yeah, Batman is whooping Iron Man's ass. Okay, I- I'm not going to argue with you there. But as far as their training, if we go back to Iron Man three, which I know is hard to do because it was a pretty terrible movie on the whole as far <laughs> as plot line is concerned, Tony Stark went to. A uh, a home improvement store and, you know, put together all this stuff. So even without his suit, he's still smart enough and crafty enough to defend himself. But again, if it's just straight up no help, yes, Bruce Wayne is winning in a fight. But that is why you gotta give me Tony Stark and the arrogance, man. I love the arrogance. You're not going in there whooping someone's ass, thinking, "Oh, well, no, I don't know." Eh, no, he knows that he's gonna whoop your ass. That's the only difference. I mean, why do you think why do you think Floyd Mayweather is undefeated? As much as we, you know, might bash him and talk ill about him, he's got his own stuff going on as a boxer, as a fighter. He is under the impression he said he was better than Muhammad Ali. And he's undefeated. You need that kind of swagger in a fight, and Iron Man's got it. Iron Man, he 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 doesn't have he doesn't he he wouldn't throughout the comic book
3: history and throughout my life of Iron Man. Iron Man, he he still he still doesn't kill. I've never really seen him kill. Uh, Batman has wounded, broken arms, broken legs, really hurt some people, but I've never really seen him kill. Um, Technology and the brains, Batman. He's a detective. He really gets down and dirty. And, with, and instead of Iron Man using the computer, Jarvis, to handle everything, Batman is using his brains. So nah, if Iron Man's outfit. technology goes down, Batman totally
2: wins. Totally wins.
3: Totally yeah, wins. That's, if, 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 his,
2: if his stuff goes down, yeah, I can't argue with that. that and and, and, and
3: Batman, he's not using a uniform. He doesn't have a, he, He's using, uh, what you could we say, weaponry that, that's been made. But Iron Man is totally using like suit so Batman wins or Batman wins
1: totally well well, Vincent before we let you get out of here if you could possess any superhero power or be any superhero who would you be and why
3: I would be Wolverine Uh, he ages he ages slow he he has the healing factor he's on he's on he's he's the, the adamantium and the claws he just He's just a badass dude. So, uh,
1: Wolverine, hands down. Yeah, like. Oh, well, appreciate you joining the program. And like I said, in a secondary perspective, we're talking about comic books, not Pacquiao versus Floyd Mayweather, but the Avengers <laughs> versus Ultra if We get to the are, issues that matter. The, the heart of the issues <laughs> that matter, the pressing issues that the public really are concerned, uh, concerned about. But Vincent, thank you once again for joining the program. Appreciate it. So I, I, I see that we have another caller on, on the line, a good friend, uh, Kevin O'Grady. You, you've probably seen Kevin in a couple of Hollywood movies, uh, the uh, TV show series on FX, uh, Fargo. Uh, this means war opposite Tom Hardy, who played Bane in uh, Dark Knight Rises and Godzilla and Rise of the Planet of the Apes, avid comic book fan, Kevin O'Grady, weigh in on this topic, please. Batman or Iron Man?
4: <laughs> hey, Dick, how you doing? That was a great introduction. Jeez, uh, uh, Batman and Iron Man, is that what we're talking about here?
1: Batman, Iron Man, who you got? Do
4: the right thing, Kevin. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, like, I, you know, I, I've been pondering this, and it's one of these things where it's tough. You know, as you know, fundamentally, they're both very much the same. They're, uh, you know, somewhat recluse, but very rich uh, playboys. One's extremely cocky. One's extremely uh, recluse, as I was saying. But the thing is, is, this is how it's looked at, if you get it down to it. If Iron Man was to try and come in Batman in some sort of forceful, just all-out anger way, I think Batman would win out of smarts. We'd take him down with some crazy thing out of his belt or some puff of smoke or something, and Iron Man would go down. But if it was the other way, and Iron Man played a bit, bit smarter, um, I think Iron Man may win. So it's kind of on the day who's kind of, it's kind of in their moods. So these are, these are, this is great. I've never even thought about how much these guys are similar. So this is a great debate, guys.
1: Well, you know, when you definitely look at the two guys. I mean, Tony Starks, his father, brilliant guy, was never there for him. You know, Bruce Wayne's parents. They were brutally murdered, which sent him to that direction of becoming a vigilante. But when you break these two guys down, both the billionaire playboy guys, they're both geniuses in their own right. But I still think there's some factors here that separate these two guys. Tony Stark, for me, is, is, is very arrogant. And playing on a team, you don't need that guy, that one guy, who's going to put everyone in jeopardy. By his mistake, or just kind of
2: egotistically, I well, no, no, ho- hold on, Nick. Did you not yeah, see hold the on, Nick. Avengers this film? I mean, yeah. he <laughs> caught a freaking missile that was going to blow up the city, and he threw it into. Space and he didn't know if he was gonna make it back or not. Nick, he laid on the wire, so to speak. He took the bullet <laughs> for everybody <laughs> else. So don't don't come in here saying he's not gonna be the team guy because he made the biggest <laughs> but, but sacrifice again, in the last I have Avengers to play movie. devil's
4: advocate on Nick's side. Look what Batman did. You know what I mean? That guy took that nuclear bomb, exactly. went all the way out in the middle of the ocean, let that thing go. So it was a it's a team player in the sense of looking at it. On a more broader sense, not necessarily being connected to a team. The team player was the city.
2: You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, well, Kevin, exactly.
1: Thank for injecting a little bit of logic into this but, but what this because- Nick? What, as,
2: as long as we're talking about the Batman movies and the second one, remember when he blamed himself for everything? It's like, it's like he wants to be brooding and deep. He didn't have to blame himself, Nick. He could have blamed the Joker. I mean, everybody would have believed that the Joker killed, like, 80 guys in a couple weeks you just say oh yeah the Joker killed those guys and then that way the whole city doesn't hate Batman but he's like oh I'm Bruce Wayne I have to be brooding and deep and people have to think that I'm the, the hero that the city needs but that it deserves but it doesn't need or whatever that doesn't make sense but it sounds cool you didn't think it through man y'all think he's so smart and then Iron Man's out here like yo I'm Tony Stark what's up
1: yeah but, but listen the reason that we are, are going to be witness and and I guess experience that movie, the movie which is the Avengers: Age of Ultron, all of that is due to Tony Stark's and the idea that listen, I have to help protect man from himself. So I'm going to build the machine to govern everyone. It goes out of control, and consistently, whether it's in the action movies or the cartoons, we see Tony Stark's thinking that he's above. The Avengers, and that's why we have what we will have Friday night. The Avengers, the Age of Ultron, all do because of Tony Stark. Batman would never do that.
2: Batman yeah, will never well, do that. Th- that's that's debatable, though, Nick.
1: That's debatable. Yeah, well, that's, hey, that's why we're talking about it right now on secondary perspective. Uh, Kim, <laughs> tell tell me. Yeah, buddy, buddy you got to cut
4: out there, guys. I'm trying to find. Uh, uh, I had to be outside while I'm talking to you guys, so I'm, I'm trying to make sure I catch all these great uh, debates going on here.
1: See, that, that's the Hollywood life. He's got to go outside off, set, off the set to make sure he's able to talk to us. But uh, uh, Oh, come Cam, on, my,
2: Mr. Hollywood.
1: Yeah, now Kev, uh. Kev, is, Kev is real Hollywood. Kev, my son asked me a question this morning, and I know you're uh, you know avid comic book fan, and the question was, well, Dad, who would win in a fight between the incredible Hulk In Superman, and I just kind of looked at it like, let me think, let me ponder that for a bit. I'm going to ask you. You know, you you read a lot of these number one issues. Who would win that fight?
4: Uh, Sorry, Nikki, kind of cut out. I'm sorry. I'm trying to find a a place. The Incredible Hulk and who? Sorry, bud. Superman. And Superman. Oh wow.
1: (laughs) Yes. Uh, the these, are,
2: these, are, these are the hard-hitting questions, Kevin. We don't, <laughs> you you know, are, we don't, don't mess you around, really man. We, we bring it straight, make it straight to you. Today.
4: Uh, I mean, again, I kind of go back to... That's a, that's a tough one. The way they're making, especially in the Avengers movies lately, with how strong, like unbelievably strong the Hulk is, uh, it seems to me in a lot of ways that he sort of matches strength. <laughs> with Superman based on what they've been showing in the movies lately, you know? Um, But just look at Superman. He's got all these things come out of his eyes and you know what I mean? And you can, uh, all these other wild things that Superman does From that point of view, just from a smarts point of view, he'd probably be able to take down Hulk. But, I mean, if Hulk got around Superman's neck, oh, God, I don't know. I think that might be lights
2: out, you know? (laughs) See, we got to get into the morality issue again. Superman, you know, kind of the same (laughs) ideals as Batman, you know? That's why this Batman versus Superman movie is going to work because they kind of approach situations differently. And, you know, when Ben Affleck's like, do you bleed? Well, you know, they're going to find out. Hulk is going to make you bleed. He's not even going to ask, you know what I'm saying?
1: Well, that, that 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 is that is very true, and, and the fact of uh, since you brought up the Batman versus Superman, uh, I asked I, 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 I as we were coming in today, again prepared for the show, uh, did I watch that trailer? And What did I feel about that trailer? And I said, well, after watching uh, the opening sequence for the two thousand and fifteen December release of The Force Awakens. I felt a little numb watching the Batman versus Superman. I was just like, okay, well, it looks cool, but it didn't appeal to me in uh, that trailer that I saw. Just like the Star Wars trailer, you know. And I don't know about you guys, but I don't know. From what I'm seeing right now, I'm not. It's not one of those highly anticipated movies uh, for me. Maybe the hype builds up a little more as the movie draws closer, but just the idea of Batman versus Superman and piggybacking off of what you said, Mario, you got two guys that parallel one another. I mean, they don't kill. So what's that dynamic?
2: Yeah. That's so that they can make it through a few movies. Cause they can't actually kill each other because they got to wait for the suicide squad.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. A movie, which is coming out uh, very shortly. Kevin, before we let you get out of here, uh, since we're talking about big fights and age of Ultron, Favorite superhero, or what superhero would you be if you were a superhero?
4: Sorry, Nick. Sorry, say it one more time. I'm sorry. I keep cutting out.
1: If you were a superhero, what superhero would you be?
2: Ah. Uh, or whose powers would you want?
1: Whose powers would I
2: like? Um, I was thinking
4: of Dazzler from the X-Men comics. I like that. Uh, sorry, that's really nerdy and probably not funny. No one knows who that is. It's- Bad joke. Uh Birds. <laughs> <laughs> I like what the guy had before. I really love Wolverine, you know what I mean? But at the same time, uh, how cool would it be to be Spider-Man and be able to zip around with such ease around a city <laughs> and have that kind of strength? Uh, I'd have to say on, a, on more of a fun side that kind of meets more with my personality, I'd probably have to say
1: Spidey. There it is, Kevin O'Grady. He's, he's Nick Mr. Hollywood himself. You will see him too coming onto a stage and screen near you. I know that Fargo series is coming back to FX. Uh, I know they can't bring your character back, but I love what you're doing in Hollywood, man. Keep up the good work. And uh, keep reading those comic books, man. Keep reading those comic books.
2: And if you guys so, are ever looking for extra actors, I mean, me and Nick can hold it down. Okay, yeah. so just, just keep us in mind. If there's ever an extra part, you know, for a couple good-looking guys who can act their asses off, Mario Vitanzi and Nick Ferguson, bank on it.
4: Yeah, good-looking in quotes. Yeah, maybe, you
2: know, <laughs> <laughs> a, a bit of a... Wow, man. Uh, That's brutal. Know, <laughs> All right, well, thanks for joining can. us. <laughs> yeah, thanks for
1: coming on, kid. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, Kev, once again, man, I uh, appreciate you calling in the show, giving your insight, uh, and allowing us to geek out for a little bit. Like I said early, nerds! I uh, embrace that nerds. nerd inside. <laughs> man, So, uh, man, keep in touch, man, and I'm looking forward to your next movie, man.
4: Yeah, buddy. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. All right. We appreciate
1: it. Coming up, coming up after the break, Benjamin Albright talks. What's going to happen in tonight's NFL draft? Could your team... Be on the verge of a blockbuster trade. Find out that next here on Voice America Sports Secondary Perspective.
5: internet flagship station for sports voice america sports looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping want to play the ponies (laughs) join us every week for winning ponies with john englehart racing's regular guy where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys trainers agents and handicappers in the world of horse racing this show is the perfect complement to the winning ponies handicapping website listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in winning ponies with john Engelhart is live thursdays at 8 p.m eastern 5 p.m pacific on the voice america sports network internet flagship station for sports Voice America Sports
0: You're listening to Secondary Perspective with Nick Ferguson To get in the lineup for today's show please call one 346 9144 That's one 346 9144 Or send an email to Show at gmail.com now, back to the show.
1: Oh, man. always a fun time to have people come in and talk about uh, comic books. And like I said, here's a little fun fact. I know it's not Fun Fact Friday, but a little fun fact. I am a comic book nerd or a geek, and I embrace that geek side of myself. So remain true to who you are and embrace that with all. Heart. And speaking of embracing, let's bring in a guy who uh, has broken down this NFL draft that will take place here here tonight. And he's going to tell us, you know, what teams could be on the verge of these blockbuster trades. Uh, he's, appeared on, he's appeared on Fox Sports, Yahoo Sports, and he's the host of 94.1 in Denver and 96.9 FM in Boulder. You can follow him on Twitter at Albright NFL. Welcome in Benjamin Albright. Ben, what's going
2: on? Hey you guys, it's nice to be here, and I'm a I'm a comic book nerd too. So I'm happy to hear we're all comic book nerds. I, I just like, want to say this: that Ben, you know, got his start from me. So let's just preface that, and you know, Ben, I just want to say that you're welcome for all the success you're having. You know, you're you're incredibly <laughs> successful, and uh, yeah, I'm just glad that I could aid you because you're such a great guy. <laughs> I'm off the Tansy coaching tree. So <laughs> <laughs> so is what? so is Nick.
1: Ben, I, I'll say this. I know you say you're a comic book uh, fan, and what Mario just did was something that we could expect from a guy like Tony Starks. You know, instead of looking <laughs> outward as far as the team, always looking inward at himself. But glad I'm, you glad picked up. You. I'm glad you I'm uh, glad <laughs> you, you're, on, you're on the program. Real quickly, Ben, let's get, kind of get into a big day for a lot of uh, kids and a lot of teams as they try to position themselves to make a run here for that Lombardi trophy. As you look at this number one and number two spot, you got the Bucks and the Titans, and there's been a lot of rumors swirling around what's going to happen with that number two spot. And I have to ask you this. I know Chip Kelly, uh, Coach Mariota in Oregon. Can the Philadelphia Eagles, do they have enough to move up from that number 20 spot to that number two spot and take Mariota?
6: I don't think that they do. Um, I, you know, I've, this is something I've been back and forth on the last couple of weeks trying to figure out, trying to get to the bottom of. I don't think they have enough ammo to get there. The Cleveland Browns had previously offered two first-round picks. I know ESPN reported that yesterday. It actually happened over a month ago. And that was rejected by the Tennessee Titans for two first-round picks. The Chip's really going to have to put together a package of players and picks. And I know he wants to hang on to Sam Bradford as well, so that would not be included in the deal.
1: Well, there, there's a guy out there in, in Denver and uh, – he is fielding a lot of questions about his age, and this is what he had to say.
3: I'm not running from anything or hiding from anybody.
1: Uh, what I can talk about, I will discuss uh, a little bit later on. But, you know, things happen, and I don't think it defines me as a person or, or my character at all. I don't think it takes away anything that I've done. I don't think it's to take away any of the changes I've made to become who I am. I accept my mistake, and I'm moving on past it. And, you know, whoever wants
3: to dwell on it, that's fine. But, you know, my future is is what God intends for it to be, and
1: I'm okay with that. And that's audio from uh, Mizzou standout outside linebacker Shane Ray, who was recently uh, cited for marijuana. And this is a couple of days right before the draft. You know, Ben, when when you look at this situation, and like we said, it's a couple of days before the draft. How is this going to change the perspective and how other teams view him when he was projected to be a selection?
6: Well, I don't think it, it, you know, the teams don't care that he was smoking marijuana. The teams care that he got caught three days before the draft. Uh, you know, the thing is, you have one job as a guy who's prepping for the NFL draft, as you well know, and that's after, uh, after getting ready for combine and workouts and pro days, your job is just not to mess up, and Shane Ray couldn't handle that. All he had to do was put the stuff down for a couple of days, just let it go, and he couldn't do that. He got pulled over for speeding and then found the pot in the car. Uh, it's just boneheaded decisions, and do we think these decisions are going to improve once you give them a lot of money? So you know, I don't know. He had a bunch of incentive on the line. and couldn't keep himself uh, couldn't keep himself straight. I, I'm not going to be the guy who's investing a lot of money in him.
2: So is well, he? Do you still see him going in the first round, Ben? At all? Because I know you and Emery Hunt were just on the Brandon Spano show and did a uh, first round mock draft. And I don't remember hearing Shane Ray's name called. If I remember correctly, so are you having him drop out of that first round?
6: Yes. I I never had him that high on tape, to be honest with you. I mean, the problem here is you've got a pass rusher who's a one-trick pony who was feasting in a uh, a, a wide nine-concept system that allowed him to loop around to the quarterback. He got on an island with offensive tackles that weren't as athletic as he was. I don't think that he's going to pan out as well on the field in the pros, and then you throw in the off the field. I think he drops to the second.
1: Well, you know, let's go out west for a second. And and those Denver Broncos, we know that Peyton Manning is long in the tooth and he's suffered four neck surgeries. And it seems as though his skills are diminishing. John John Elway and the fellas are looking or could be looking to draft a quarterback. And this is what Peyton Manning had to say about those doubts of his age and how he approaches the game.
5: Uh, I think it's all about, you know, trying to... Trying to do your job, no matter how old you are, whether you're a 22 year old rookie coming in or not. So I don't. Uh, I guess I have to answer questions about it, but I'm, I'm not interested in talking about how old I am. You know, much much more after this point. I feel like I can execute whatever plays you know the coach uh, calls. Uh, I feel the different offices I've been been in that you know I've, I've executed the plays that the coordinator has called. I feel like I can do that. So you know feel good. We've been uh, working hard. Uh, you know, up until now, until we were allowed to get to this point, and now we've had good work these past couple weeks in the waiting room, and it's uh, good to be out here on the field, uh, you know, doing some football stuff.
1: Well, well Benjamin, uh, I mean, Peyton Manning and the Denver Broncos have that number 28 pick. What do you see them using that pick, and who could they possibly pick up to help out this team? Well, I'd like to see him
6: get I don't know if he's going to be there as a defensive tackle out of Texas, Malcolm Brown. Um, I think he'd be great in that Wade Phillips uh, defense. I think he'd be great up front there. If they can't get him, I think you look, uh, you're look going to look along the offensive line, see what's available, maybe a Cam Irving or, or one of the guards or tackles there, or you could even see them go linebacker with a guy like Benardrick uh, McKinney out of Mississippi State.
1: Well, with the fact of Demaris Thomas holding out because he feels that the team shafted him a little bit, slapping the franchise tag on him, do you see the Broncos reaching in this draft to dig in? An all- the deep out of pool of wide receivers to maybe not come back and rejoin the team.
4: Well,
6: I think, they've, uh, I think they've already got their insurance policy if Demarius walks. They drafted him in Cody Latimer. Uh, it's a guy that they're developing they're very excited about, and I think that would be the, guy, the way they would go there. I, I could see them picking up a receiver in the back half of the draft, You know, trying to trim out and flush out that depth, but
2: uh, I, I don't think they're going to reach early for a, for a guy when they've already drafted Latimer last year. Uh, ben, we got to flash over to this number one overall pick because I know you're probably the favorite person in the minds of all Florida State fans because you've just been so incredibly high on Marcus Mariota for the past year plus. And of course, <laughs> of course, if you're not picking up on, I'm speaking super ironically. I mean, your Twitter is just a toxic wasteland of Florida State fans who just can't handle the truth. Apparently, uh, is this a done deal? Because we're hearing that he's going to go. The number one overall pick. And I remember, Ben, when we were doing our show, in fact, listening to some of the older audio, when all of this stuff came out, you know, all the allegations against Jameis Winston and the laundry list of things that he has done wrong and screwed up on. We said, you know, you and I both said, I don't want him anywhere near my franchise. We're not taking him, certainly with the first overall pick, not even in the first round. And then people seem to forget about it uh, just because of his play on the field. And now it's like nine months later, he comes out and defends the whole crab legs, you know, th- stealing the crab legs deal. And what, it took you nine months to come up with the story that it was actually your homeboy that did it for you. It's like, well, stealing is stealing. And I don't know why it took you that long. So in your mind, Ben, what benefits do the Buccaneers have taking Winston number one overall? Cause it seems like that's pretty much a done deal.
6: But it is a done deal. They are going to take him number one overall. I, I, uh, I, I found that out a few days back and, uh, and put that on Twitter. It's done. They've taken Winston. Um, I wouldn't do it personally. That's not a guy I, I wanted to face my franchise. I don't think he's a number one overall value at quarterback either. I mean, you look at this guy, and, you know, on tape, he's basically Jake Cutler with a better supporting cast in college. Um, You know, I know people like to say that maybe all the interceptions weren't his fault, and that's true, but over half of them were. I charted out 13 that were his fault out of the total. I think 18 or 19. You you can only make so many um, excuses
2: for a guy. When you throw 18 interceptions, that's. It doesn't matter if they're your fault or not. You're still throwing the interceptions. And it's not like Florida State was a bad freaking team. I mean, he had some of the best time. They were undefeated until they played Oregon. So I don't want to hear from these people that the guys around him weren't that good. The interceptions were his fault. He's a quarterback. He needs to take responsibility. That's the other thing. He doesn't.
6: Yeah, that's you know, uh, Jameis is a guy who is surrounded by top tier talent in almost every position. They were a really little young this year than they were the year before, especially along that offensive line with the receivers. But uh, you know, he's a guy who's surrounded by five star recruits and beating up on teams that, in most cases, were weaker than him. Uh, you know, you look at you look at some of these games. They almost lost. They uh, they should have lost the game to Georgia Tech. They should have lost the game to Notre Dame. Uh, you know, there are a couple of these games he should have lost, and then he did. They got absolutely blown away. They got the doors blown off and by Oregon. So uh, I'm not as sold on him or Marcus Mariota as everybody else seems to be.
1: Well, if you just joined us, we're talking to Ben Albright, NFL draft analyst and host for a 94.1 FM in Denver. Uh, ben, I mean, when, when we look at this draft, and each year, you know, you have these busts, though. So it's a boom and bust type of league as it's so called. What guys at this particular point in the draft could possibly be the sleepers of the draft?
6: Uh, my top receiver in this draft is Devontae Parker out of Louisville. I, I think he's the next A.J. Green. I think he's a guy that could absolutely dominate in this league. He's a little thin. Had a little bit of an injury issue. He played in Louisville where he wasn't in the spotlight, but uh, I think he's the most complete package you got. Amari Cooper, I like him, but I think he's topped out as a prospect. He can run the full nine routes on the route tree, uh, but he's not—he's not a guy that's—he's uh, not a guy that you you, you, you trade the mortgage of draft for. And then you got uh, Kevin White. who guy's got a lot of upside, high weight, speed guy, but he only ran four routes there at West Virginia in that Holderson Air Raid offense. Uh, so he's got a little growing to do. So I think his impact will probably be in the next season or the season thereafter.
1: Well, obviously, you know, there's a big fight that's taking place uh, this weekend, preferably not the one Saturday, but the one that's taking place Friday night. And as you, we talked about it at the top of the hour, the Avengers Age of Ultron. So, Ben, I have to ask you this question. we had this debate and we've been talking about it for a while. Iron Man or Batman? Who do you choose in this fight?
6: Well, both of them are uh, rich guys with no parents, but uh, one of them fights in a suit of armor and the other one doesn't, so I'm going to take the guy with the armor and take Iron Man.
2: That's why we had you on, Ben. Thank you for bringing <laughs> logic and, and level-headedness to the show.
6: <laughs> okay. <laughs> H- how was, how I was that? I okay. with Mario there on accident. <laughs>
2: You did, sucker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anytime that, that happened on our show, Ben was very embarrassed. He never liked to side with me, but seeing as though I'm right the majority of the time, he ended up siding with me a lot.
1: So so so, so Ben, that's your only justification. One has armor and the other doesn't. That's it.
6: I mean, both of them are top. You know, I mean, Batman's a better uh, a better athlete, I guess, if you want to break this down in scouting terms. But uh, <laughs> you know, I think both of them are uh, both of them have high IQs. I'm going to give the edge to the uh, to the guy with the armor and the uh, and the IQ over the better athlete.
1: You know, well, since we're talking about draft, right? And you say you're a comic book fan, and there's always a draft order. So if you had to really quickly, you know, maybe three or four guys, you know, your top three guys off the board. Who would be your, your your top three guys in your draft?
2: And, and let's comic, let's just keep it, it, let's keep it with the Marvel Universe. Yes,
1: yeah, stay with Marvel. Just, so
2: just so we limit it.
1: Yeah. My, my top three comic book draft guys? Yes. Top three guys uh, oh off the board. More.
6: Well, if I kept it in the Marvel Universe, that would eliminate some guys because I think I'd go Green Lantern first. Um, that That's one of mine, although I hated that movie. Uh, Spider-Man was always guy. a favorite of mine. Um, I like the Punisher. I think that's one that's gotten forgotten. It was just a regular dude. That I, I was, I was always a fan of mine, so I, I, those would be my top ones.
1: See, see, Mario and I talked about this, and I said, well, if we had a comic book draft, and I had to make my first selection, my first selection would be either Jargon or the Hulk. And I would it's put got to
2: be the Hulk. He's the consensus number one overall pick. Yeah, sure, he has some character issues that might drop him out of the top three. But when you look at the sheer raw talent of the Hulk and the ceiling that he provides, you know, there's really no downside with the guy.
1: Well, no, no, it's not. <laughs> what, what, what it reminds me of, Ben, and, and I'll call, go to you with this. Earlier, like last week, the Cardinals GM said, listen, if Hannibal Lecter ran a 4-3, we'll just diagnose him as having an eating disorder, right? So with Mario saying, hey, listen, <laughs> you know, the Hulk has some character flaws. It seems like a lot of NFL GMs see players with character flaws, but they still draft him anyway.
2: Well, here's the thing. You take Hulk number one overall, and you trust that you can develop him to actually control his anger issues. That's something that he can learn at the next level, and it's something that he did learn in that first Avengers movie, Nick. So as long as Bruce Banner, who is a brilliant scientist, I mean, even when he's not the Hulk, you're still going to get something out of Bruce Banner. That's what I love the most about this kid. Gets me really fired up.
1: Well, I tell you what, I mean, Ben, I I definitely don't understand (laughs) your first pick of going with Green Lantern number one overall. Please, please, before I let you get out of here, please explain why you went with Green Lantern, the first overall pick.
6: Well, he's got the ring. It's got the, uh, the, it works with your imagination, so he can basically create anything. Um, you know, His imagination is the only limiting factor there, so uh, you know, I think that uh, he's already got the ability to fly. He's got a, got a few other abilities that go with that, plus the ability to create constructs out of that ring. I, I just think he could create a Hulk out of his ring and go smash the other Hulk at no damage to himself.
1: <laughs> that that that's hilarious uh oh, on a serious note and I, and I like that analogy you just made hulk versus hulk uh britney griner uh there's been obviously debate you've heard about it and you read the story a uh, female basketball player stand out for baylor university now in the WNBA, now find herself in trouble in the midst of domestic violence and we know what happened with nfl ray rice Ray Hardy. Are we looking at this a little different than we look at it if it was a male in this situation and not giving it as much publicity as we did with those other two guys in the NFL?
6: I I mean, I don't personally look at it that way. I think maybe the media is looking at it uh, differently, but I don't know if that's the root. I think the root might be it's because it's happening in the WNBA and not the NFL where the audience size is completely different. You know, So the selective outrage is completely different.
2: Well, and here's the other thing, Ben, and I was telling Nick about this just when we were, you know, previewing the show and kind of talking about everything that we were going to discuss. It was around this time last year that you and I kind of broke the Hope Solo story, because if you remember uh-huh. at the time, after that story came out, Nobody really wanted to touch it So I don't know if they were worried about You know, people jumping down their throats Or getting called sexist or what have you But we were the ones that really brought The Hope Solo story to the forefront And kind of put her on blast and said You know, why is it okay for her to get away With something like this? You know, she was not Suspended at all by Team USA And she's representing her country These guys are, you know, maybe representing their hometown They're representing their team, maybe the NFL To an extent, but when you talk about Something on a grand scale, such as Hope Solo, and she's not even getting attention for it. And it's still domestic violence. Like, I don't know why we need to separate it by sex. Domestic violence is domestic violence. It shouldn't happen no matter who you are, no matter where you're from, no matter what your upbringing is. So, if it was okay for Hope Solo to do in the minds of these, you know, of her sponsors, where she didn't lose any sponsorships, she didn't get fined, it's totally understandable that Britney Griner wouldn't get. Uh, in trouble. And I'm not saying that I agree with it, but it's just a shame that it's come to this and there's such a glaring double standard.
6: I think uh, when you look at any professional athlete, the bottom line is going to be the bottom line. The bottom line is going to be winning in money and, until, and if that athlete is making their owner money and if that athlete is helping to contribute to their team winning, uh, you know, people aren't going to do anything about it until that, until that goes away. And We see that time
2: and time again with almost every athlete. And That's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so.
1: <laughs> that is the bottom line. And Ben, thank you for joining us and real quickly, Pacquiao Mayweather, Saturday. Who you got?
6: Oh, my heart wants uh my heart wants Pacquiao to knock him out, but my head and my wallet say Mayweather by decision.
1: Well, my, getting mom told, <laughs> my mom always told me to go with your head and your wallet. So I guess is Mayweather winning the fight this Saturday. Once again, Ben, thank you for joining the program. You can Ben, once again at Albright NFL, and we will be following you, Ben, tonight on Twitter, looking at your tweets as the NFL draft takes place. Coming up after the break, talk a little bit of NBA action, and we'll still stay on this Brittany Griner story and dig a little deep, a little more. You're listening to Nick Ferguson, Secondary Perspective with Mario and Luigi on Secondary Perspective. We'll be right back on the opposite side of this break.
5: The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a vicious ass and then move well, on I just, I just think, and think and that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, NFL, MLB, MLB NBA, NBA NHL, NHL. Speak up Speak up. or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? (laughs) Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys
6: are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams.
5: Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports.
0: You're listening to Secondary Perspective with Nick Ferguson. To get in the lineup for today's show, please call 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to nickferkshow at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. (laughs) We out sideways. We do a hundred on
4: the highway. Thank off a Friday. Hey 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 hey. We We do a hundred on the highway. Thank off a Friday.
1: Say say say. Thank God for Friday's. Absolutely. The Avengers Age of Ultron is coming out officially. Opening release on Friday, there will be some theaters in local areas. Check those listings for 12 midnight showings. And, and Mario, I mean, great weekend in, in sports. NBA playoffs, NFL draft, the Kentucky Derby, Pacquiao versus Mayweather and obviously the Avengers movie that we're talking about and I know we're just talking talking to Ben Albright just a while ago and giving kind of an NFL draft type of uh, his top three picks who would actually go off go off the board in our comic book draft uh before I get yours I'm going to give you my top three right and no well you know what? I'm going to give the order I was going to say no specific order but my first pick I'm taking I'm going to take the Hulk for the obvious reasons. Pick number two, Apocalypse. Yeah, I know he's a bad guy, but I mean, he is a force within himself. He was the first original mutant. And as, as though he said in the comic book, they are beyond you as I am beyond them. So Apocalypse be my number two pick. And rounding off my picks, just like I call at earlier events and said, Wolverine, Logan. I mean, how can you beat those claws and the fact that he can heal himself? That is totally uh, awesome. So, uh, give, give me your three picks uh, in our comic book draft.
2: I, I'm gonna do this. So, because you took those three guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb a little bit. Okay. Um, I mean, uh, you you took Apocalypse. I would actually put him ahead of the Hulk. I thought we were doing good guys, but give go ahead and give me Hulk first. Okay. Okay. Number two, I'm gonna take Thor. You know, he's, got, he's, he's basically a demigod, or he is a demigod. You know, he controls the thunder. He doesn't get weakened. I mean, you, you got to love Thor here, okay? And number three, the one that, you know, I'm going to throw you a little bit of a curveball here, Nick, is Doctor Strange. He's the most powerful sorcerer in the world, and, you know, he can teleport great distances. He can time travel. He can levitate stuff. I mean, you, how, how do you pass up on Doctor Strange at number three, man?
1: Well, I'll tell you what. Doctor Strange would make a great waiter. Don't you think <laughs> <laughs> he can teleport things? He can move <laughs> plates around. He can put orders, plates, a great waiter. Uh, so now, I,
2: now let me give you someone real
1: quick. used a talent like that.
2: Absolutely. Let me give you someone who would be a late round sleeper. Nick, are you ready for this? All right. Give it to me. Black Bolt, who is the strongest of the inhumans. He can fly. He can mentally project stuff. He's got other powers, but he's got that quasi sonic voice. So, I mean, they said, legend tells, Nick, that a whisper could annihilate a whole city. And if he screamed, he could take out a whole planet, man. I mean, you can't pass up talent like that. The only downside is you're never going to have a conversation with the guy. You're either going (laughs) to have to learn uh, sign language or just, you know, write something down. You know, if you want something done, you you can't call him on the phone. You know, we couldn't have him on the show. And then, you know, the planet would blow up. We don't want that.
1: You know, Black Bolt sounds to me as though he is kind of uh, the Banshee from X-Men on steroids, with the fact of being oh, able on, to on use a, lot, a lot of lot of
2: steroids. He's on steroids. He's on HGH. Yeah. He's on <laughs> he's on deer antler spray. All that stuff.
1: Yeah, especially being able to annihilate an entire city block just with your voice, just a whisper, not a scream, but but a whisper. So you know what? I, I know there's a lot of men. Right now, And I know we're talking about the best sports week in history who would not want their wives to have a voice like this particular character, Black Bolt, as they scream at them from watching so many sporting events this weekend. And I'm going to segue into uh, the NBA. I don't know if you had a chance to uh, catch a couple of games, but exciting game last night. Uh, The Atlanta Hawks were able to stave off the Brooklyn Nets and push it. To a game, Hawks six, are
5: sweating,
1: Nick. Yeah, they are. To me, to me I mean, and, and we talked about this before. Before the NBA playoffs started, just the fact that when you have that number one seed, you have you before you were the hunters, now you are the hunted, mm-hmm. and everyone everyone thought that the Hawks were just going to sweep through this series and just annihilate uh, the, the the Brooklyn Nets. But listen, to me, watching them play, and and Georgia Tech alumnus and the mind jerk Hit knocked down those corner threes. I mean that that's been great and that's really kept them in the game. But one of the guys and we talked about this before that I haven't really been impressed with is, is Darren Williams. I mean he's getting paid a lot of money, but he's not really showing up when he needs to show up. But uh, the, the series shifts to Brooklyn Hawks once again have a three two lead, and I guess another you know series that I was shocked by, really shocked by that Bulls Bucks series and the, the Milwaukee Bucks are really pushing this this Bulls team. They, don't, they won't Kidd, go away, man.
2: They won't no, go they won't, away.
1: They won't go away. And, and Jason Kidd has done a phenomenal job uh, with this young team. And even if they don't beat the Bulls, this is going to be a Milwaukee Bucks team that we started to talk about for the next couple of years. So it's going to be fascinating. But out here in Los Angeles, you can't talk basketball without talking to Spurs and the Clippers. The Clippers – blew the game. To me, it was their game to lose. talking about, you know, hacking and all this, but to me, the Clippers had an opportunity to win the game. Blake Griffin could not make his shots in the clutch, and you talk about free throws, and it wasn't just DeAndre Jordan's fault. No, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, it it wasn't his fault because it shouldn't have come down to that. To me, they call themselves Lob City. When you get that deep in the paint, lob it up to the guy. I mean, usually that's a traditional play, and I tweeted that earlier when I saw it happen live. He's in that position. It's Lob City. Throw it up, let him dunk it down, and and, and that's it. Series is over, but now, now you go back to the Spurs. Now you're on their territory. And to me, like I said, Bill Belichick and Greg Popovich, I don't know what they're doing, what they say in these meetings, but they find a way to motivate these players, and I think the Spurs take this this series, and to me right now they are the scary team in the West, Mario.
2: Well, no, I, I agree with you. And let me give you the stat of the night in that Clippers Spurs game. Clippers were one of 14 shooting the three-point ball. Jamal Crawford 0 for six, Matt Barnes one for four. It's and Chris Paul 0 for two. You can't do that, man. You like you said, you call yourself Lob City. When you're one for 10, shooting the three ball, stop shooting it. Man, when you're one for seven, stop shooting it. Do what you do best, get it into the interior, because you know if you get it into DeAndre Jordan, I mean, 21 points, 14 rebounds, he only missed two shots all night. I know you're going to hack him, and he only shot 7-16 from the free throw line, and you kind of expect that, but you got to go where your strengths are. you got Jordan and Griffin down low. That's the way that you beat the Spurs. You're not going to beat them in a three-point contest. That's a guarantee. So if the Clippers want to have a chance in this series, which I don't think they have— They've got to get away from the three-point ball unless Jamal Crawford gets hot, unless J.J. Reddick gets hot, and they need to get it into the interior and beat up this Spurs team. But we said at the beginning, man, going back to where you are talking about with the Hawks, this is why we didn't pick the Hawks. We didn't think that they could, you know, honestly compete with a Cleveland or a Chicago in a seven-game series. And the fact that they're having so much trouble with Brooklyn right now, Nick, who is fine, but they're not great. You know, if Darren Williams, like you said, was playing on his level the way that he should have been – the the Brook, brooklyn the brooklyn nets would be winning this series right now and they probably would win the series if it wasn't for the subpar play of darren williams so in the finals i'm gonna you know i'm gonna say as of now i want or i'm picking cleveland and golden state but it's so hard to count out san antonio you know popovich is arguably the greatest coach of all time from what i've seen. People keep writing them off. They keep thinking that they're done. And every single year, for the last, like, 10 years, Nick, they're proving people wrong. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens the rest of the way.
1: Uh, re- real quick story, uh, story before we get out of here, Mario. Uh, Philip Buchanan, he was drafted in number one a couple of years ago out of the University of Miami. And, you know, since sticking with our whole motif here of the NFL draft, when you look at this story, and I don't know if you ever had a chance to read this article on him, he said when he was drafted, his mother, his mother who gave birth to him, asked him to give her a million dollars because she said <laughs> for, for all the years that she sacrificed for him, she deserved a million dollars. And in this story, how it goes, she he moved her out to another house, thinking that she was moved out of the house that he grew up in. But instead of doing that, she decides, I'm going to move in a house that feels buying for me, and I'm going to keep the house that you grew up with, and I'm going to rent it out. When you hear a story like this really quickly, What's the first thing that goes in your
2: mind? It, it makes me sad, man, because if my mom asked me for a million dollars, if I was the number one overall pick or first-round pick, I'm a mama's boy. She's getting whatever she wants. So, I mean, I can't really argue with that, but I would be a little disappointed in her if she starts, you know, running stuff out and she's wanting even more money. Like, I just gave you seven bills and you're still not happy? Come on, mom.
1: Well, I, I don't know. The draft is in Chicago and the city of Chicago has had some... First round blunders, K. McCow, David Tyree, Rashawn Salam. So we, everyone's watching to see what happens in Chicago when they're on the clock at that number seven pick. Do they go with the quarterback or do they try to build up that offensive line? We do not know, but we will be watching. Mario, it, it was great. It was great having Ben. I want to thank Ben Albright for joining the program. The NFL draft will be tonight. Kentucky Derby, Manny Pacquiao, Floyd Mayweather, and Avengers Friday night. Everyone have a safe sports weekend and make sure your wife doesn't scream at you like the black vote and erase the whole <laughs> block. And Justin, I know you're working the boards, but please, Justin, go see the movie. Don't wait. Don't wait. about Justin. that crowded theater. It's that crowded theater experience, man. Go out, take your girl, experience. Just go sit next to Avengers. someone
2: with a big thing of popcorn and go share a stranger's popcorn, man. Go make some friends. Go be a man of the people.
1: So that's Secondary Perspective. We will see you
0: guys next week. Thanks again for stopping by. Be sure to catch Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. in the West on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll share some more great stories next week. We'll be